The scripture reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. That's on page 1020 in the Pew Bible. That's 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. How blessed we are to have Christ as our Savior. We have a lot of blessings this week. Vacation Bible School begins in the morning. Be prayerful. Be inviting. There's still yard signs. It's not too late to put them out. I noticed coming down division, Miss Alma Derryberry, she's invited thousands of people this past week to Vacation Bible School. You have the opportunity to invite a lot of people this afternoon. Please put a sign in your yard. Please think about who is around you that you can invite. Who can you give a ride to? What difference can you make in the life of a child so they will love the Lord more? As a result of our rooms being decorated and prepared, the uh, adults will be gathering in a combined class here to hear Brad Willits. And you know, if you know this congregation for very long, how much we love and appreciate the Willits, Brad and Estelle, and the great work that they've done for a few decades in translating the Susu language and many other things that they've done for those people and for the kingdom. Uh, I believe the ladies, because of the guest speaker, they will continue to have their class, but other classes will be in here. And we look so forward to that time together. Also, we're excited to be able to tell you of a change of location for our teen vacation. Bible School. The beautiful mess will be just across the parking lot in the Mount Juliet Wedding Chapel. And so be sure and make note of that. That'll be for 6th through 12th grade. And uh, we really have just a lot of uh, good things in store there, Lord willing. Also, we wanted to remind you that it's been on the calendar for a while, but Chisel is starting next Sunday afternoon uh, after the evening service uh, for high school and college age young men. And so if you will, let us know today. If you're in the high school class, Philip will be talking to you. If a college age young man you want to go, please mark that on your attendance card uh, this morning so that we can start collecting in kind of a, a roundabout number of how many to prepare for. It's 48 hours of an amazing experience. This is our fifth year to do it. And I think it's safe to say it changes lives. And so if uh, you want to be a part of that or you want to learn more about that, be sure and let us know and we'll be glad to answer whatever questions we can. Do keep in mind and in your prayers, the stateside mission trip and another meeting this afternoon at five o'clock. It's not too late to come on board in that great work that'll take place in early July. Can you imagine when John the Baptist looked near the beginning of, of Jesus' public ministry and he saw Jesus coming and he said to him, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Can you imagine that he had no idea the fullness of his statement there? They understood as being Jews how significant the Passover was to Israel. How God delivered Israel from Egyptian slavery and gave them a home and gave them freedom. And how also in the shedding of the blood of a lamb and eating of that lamb, they also had death spared from their firstborn. 
And so once a year, they would celebrate this Passover feast. Once a year, a lamb would be slaughtered. They would eat the flesh of that lamb. The blood was significant that was put on the doorpost back in Egypt. And Jesus Christ, he would celebrate the last time that Passover was celebrated before his death. And during that Passover supper, he would pick up some of that unleavened bread. And as we just had so capably read for us, he would break that bread and he would inform them, I'm going to give you a new supper. I'm going to give you a new feast. And in this feast, I want you to remember me. First, it's a memorial. It's to take our minds, our lives, and our appreciation back to our core of who we are. It's so easy in the world to forget who we are. It's so easy at work to get distracted and think that maybe we're more like the world and we're not as God's children. It's so easy to get out in our communities and think that things in the community are are more important and they're not more important. And this supper is to call us back. It's to take us back in our mind's eye, but not just in remembrance, but it's to take us back in our conviction. Who are we? We are sons and daughters of God. We are brothers and sisters of an elder brother who died for us. We find our identity. We find our hope in Jesus Christ. And when we eat of that unleavened bread, we remember the incarnation that God became flesh and dwelt among us, John 1 and 14. We remember the fact that he was willing to give his life. No man takes my life, but I give it, John the 10th chapter. But we also drink this cup. Did you notice that in the text that was read, he doesn't just say this blood is so that you can remember that I forgive you of your sins, although that's important to remember. But notice again, if you have your Bible there, I'd like for you to see there in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four and 25. Notice what he says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four is what we just spoke about, about the bread and the body. And look in 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. What's the cup? A new covenant in my blood. When we go back to Exodus, the 24th chapter, this is just after the giving of the Ten Commandments is recorded. And then there are several chapters of other laws that God gave. You know, sometimes we mistakenly think that all God did under the old law was just give Ten Commandments and that was it. No, there was a whole other book that God gave that Moses had to write. And so Moses comes off of the mountain and he, he delivers the Ten Commandments and he reads all of this that in Exodus 24 is called the Book of Covenants. And I'd like for you to notice here in the 24th chapter, notice the blood of this covenant here in, in 24 verse 7 and 8. Then he took the book of of the covenant and he read in the hearing of the people and they said all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient you see what's just happened God has given his part of the covenant and now he's asking the people will you keep your part of the covenant you know that's what a covenant is it's agreement between two are you going to do your part I've done my part I'm doing my part and now he's saying to the people will you do your part and will you continue to do your part well how are we going to ratify this notice the very next verse Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. 
It was the blood that ratified the covenant that sealed it where everybody said it's paid for. We agree with this. Jesus Christ came to this earth, not only to bring the forgiveness of sins, but to bring a covenant where Jesus has done his part of how to live and teach us how to live. He came to this earth and he lived a righteous life. And now he asked us, be holy as I'm holy. He asked us, crucify the old man of sin. I was crucified with your sin. Now crucify the old man of sin. Romans the sixth chapter. Pass through the waters of cleansing and live in newness of life. You remember in 1 Peter, out of all the ways we could describe the work of the Godhead and then also describe us as an elect people. You realize that God has chosen us. And he mentions all three members of the Godhead, the Trinity, in 1 Peter, the first chapter, in verse verse 2. And he, in this, tells how each member of the Godhead had a work in the election, in choosing us. And I'd like for you to notice especially what he says in the third about Jesus Christ. But we're picking up in 1 Peter 1 and verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit... For obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Who are you? You and I are blood-bought people that serve a covenant that has been blood-bought, given by the giver of this covenant, Jesus Christ, and it was His blood that bought this covenant. And now the, the, the Peter writes and he says, if you're elect of God, if you're elect of Christ, if you're elect of the Holy Spirit, you've been sprinkled. You see, it's going back to that symbolism under the old covenant. You've been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. Jesus, we're listening to you. You want us to come together and you want us to partake of this supper. What do you want us to think about whenever we partake of the fruit of the vine. And he says, I want you to think about my covenant, my covenant that is my blood. Looking back, we remember the body and the blood. But I'd like for you to also notice that we also see something that is done at the present time that is a proclamation. Look at 1 Corinthians 11 and 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That word proclaim is is a very uh, clear and strong word, even in the original language. As a matter of fact, that word is translated most often in the New Testament as preach, sometimes teach. Another time or two, it's translated to show. In other words, when we come together as a church, individually and collectively, what we're doing is we are showing the Lord's death. You're demonstrating that you believe that Jesus lived and that he died. You are preaching that message. You know, we sing, we sing songs like, I believe in Jesus. And in the chorus, all three three verses mention various things about Jesus healing the blind or raising Lazarus from the dead or stilling the storm at Galilee. 
And then each line of the verses ends with saying that something that Jesus does for me, like he's the answer for me, or verse two, he's made a difference in me, or verse three, he's coming again. And then each time it moves into the proclamation where we all sing together. Yes, I believe in the one they call Jesus. I believe he died on Mount Calvary. I believe that the tomb was found empty. And I believe that he is the answer for me. When we sing that, it is easy for us to understand we are making a proclamation of Jesus. I'm making a statement. I believe in the one that died on Calvary. I believe that he's coming again. That's who I am. That's how I live. He's my life. He's my compass. Do you realize that when we take of the Lord's Supper, listen, I'm not talking about by, by us if we stretch an application. I'm talking literally from inspired writing. Paul says, you are preaching your belief in the death of Jesus. But also, it's in that very same verse that he says, you're looking forward in anticipation. Notice again this same verse on the next slide, but notice here we've underlined the next phrase. You proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. We believe that the one who is dead is resurrected and they ascended into heaven and we believe what the angel said, that he's coming again. And so we will do this for how long? How long are you going to have this gathering of God's family? How long are you going to participate in the memorial? Do you remember the hundreds and hundreds of signs that were flown after 9-11? Do you remember the weeks and the months that followed? You could go not just in New York City, you could go all over the United States and you could find signs everywhere that said what? We will not forget. The Lord's Supper is a way that ties us to the fact of our past. We will not forget all that Jesus has done. It ties us to our present. We will proclaim it today, but it also ties us into anticipation. He's coming again. And just as we've gathered to eat this supper Sunday after Sunday on this earth and the wonderful blessing that that is, think of the blessing it's going to be to eat around the heavenly table. To have Jesus leading that supper in person. And we eat this supper in remembrance until he comes again. The past, the present, and the future all comes together in the one supper. It's around the Lord's table. It's communion. Tonight we'll come back and we'll look at the broader text of 1 Corinthians 11 to see how not to take the communion. But tonight and this morning, I hope the study will move all of us to a deeper appreciation and to a more careful observance of the wonderful supper that we're invited to. But even in that, it's not simply a ceremony that's hollow. It matters who we are. We're invited 
as God's children. It's not just anybody come. And it's not go live like a heathen through the week. And then act righteous as you're eating the bread. The Lord is looking for true, genuine, authentic worshipers. This morning, we've sung some powerful songs. This morning, we read some beautiful text. If this morning you're tired of being separated from God, our hope and our prayer is that you're so sick of it that you won't do it anymore. That you will move all the way to a right relationship with God. That's what He offers. None of us can do it for you. There's only one that can do that. If you're ready to become a Christian this morning and be immersed into Christ as one that is a believer and repenting of sins and confessing that faith, we'd love to assist you in that. If, if you've been immersed into Christ and, and somewhere along the way, your communion around the table just hasn't been sanctified. It hasn't been holy. It hasn't been proper. It always amazes me the number of people that debate whether or not they ought to take the Lord's Supper. Listen, that's not a debate. What you need to do is repent and move close to God and take the Lord's Supper. This morning, let's not leave here turning our back on the one who has done more for us in the past and in the present and the future than what we could ever imagine. God is good. All the time, God is good. But it's around this supper that we just can't miss the point. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.